Oh, I would definitely say that we would. I would stand up. I would stand up. <laughs> you would stand up and say that's going to happen. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Um, we So normally when we have guests, we give them T-shirts. About all we have, right. I think. And that, that's all we have is t-shirts. And a firm handshake. And we're going to give you t-shirts. Um, we have them down here. They're right there. Matt Collin comes in here, and he's handing out hats. Yes. He's Hi. handing out koozies. koozies. Yeah. And most importantly, donuts. We, let's get rid of yeah. the spell. Yeah. Donuts. Yeah. Donuts. The man Wait. brought us food. Like, what you? Open that up, Jay. Wow, this Frack is that. from Becker's, too. So, Frack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, pass this box get, around. Can we get a shot of this? This is this is how Matt Colleg rolls. Right, right. First class, everything. You are welcome oh, no. every day I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with that one right there. Jay, you bro. stalling? Stop nah, stalling I know, on I these. I can't stall. Is this? A, <laughs> Matt, it's great to see you, man. Man, it is so good to be here. I love being. I mean, I love uh, one talking sports. Here you go. You don't want one? I don't want one. I already had three. How do you think he keeps <laughs> that girlish figure? Yeah, right. And uh, uh, no, it's just awesome to be on the show and hang out with you guys, and um, it's cool to be here. You played quarterback at Akron, didn't you? Played University of Akron, yep. Played oh. uh, 91 to 95, so with uh, Coach Faust. Wow. So Jerry uh, Faust. Yes. Went to, I grew up in Cincinnati and then um, uh, went to high school in Chicago, in Chicagoland, at a uh, place called Crystal Lake South, and then came to the University of Akron and uh, played for the Zips. Played a, at the old Rubber Bowl. I'm a Bobcat. Right? Did you guys ever go to the Rubber Bowl? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm the old Rubber Bowl. I went to yeah. OU, and okay. we played there. And now that old Rubber Bowl with the huge crown, oh, goodness. That, yeah. that was the first AstroTurf. So let me tell you a quick story. So in I think in 94, we were, uh, you know, we had some tough times. So it was, it, was, uh, it was Coach Faust last year. And we went into the last game. We were 0-10. That's back when we played 11 games. Mm-hmm. We were 0-10, and we played Ohio U, who was also 0-10. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, it was the first time in, uh, I think, NCAA history that both teams were 0-10 going into the last game. <laughs> and so ESPN dubbed it the Toilet Bowl. Boy. <laughs> and so it was the Toilet Bowl. We played the Toilet tied. Bowl. I hope you tied. We actually won. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up being 1-10. Ohio U was 0-11 that year. But That's Sorry, fun. big fella. It's Sorry, okay. big fella. It's all right. So your love of sport, I mean, it's not just football either. I've talked all sports with you and yeah. you your knowledge on all the sports go deep yeah but i was fascinated a couple of years ago i didn't know that you were a nascar guy you just decided hey let's let's start a couple of nascar teams how has that gone for you well it's it's gone uh, unbelievably well so i think back in 2000 you guys know i had leaf filter a certain right. company yeah. right mm-hmm. um you know a- out of my house back in 2005 and have grown it we've got 150 offices in the u.s and canada and so got into nascar as a sponsor so back in 2014, just started sponsoring cars and okay. uh, got into it. That How did way. that happen? Someone just approached you about yes, a sponsorship? Literally, somebody approached me about sponsorships. What said, did you hey, know about NASCAR? Uh, actually, my my dad had been involved, and in, uh, his company was a sponsor back, you know, even when I was a kid. Right. So mm-hmm. more so in Indy cars. He worked for a brake parts company called Raybestos. Yeah, Raybestos brakes. Yeah. yeah. And um, so he was he worked in marketing uh, for that company. And so we would go to IndyCar. We went to Indianapolis every year for the 500 uh, in IndyCars. And so just was trying to expand Leaf Filter and, you know, was on a car. And then we had fun with it. And I kind of got the bug as far as um, employee involvement and everything else. And being I'm crazy entrepreneurial and, like I said, love sports and got to know some of the other owners in the sport. And, you know, said, hey, how do we win? How do we go faster? What do we, what do we need to do? And so 
um, I literally just started my own team. And, wow. And that's not easy to do. No, you make it not sound easy like, well, to do. So I did it. And and so especially even in the Cup Series, you could do it. Like we, you can't just create a baseball team. Like if we said, you know, I mean, I know we own part of the Guardians now, but. Uh, if we if we all just wanted to start a major league baseball team, you can't. You got to buy a franchise. Right. There's 30 of them, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the way it is. NASCAR is a little bit different. Where in the in the in the lower series, like the Xfinity series or the Truck series, you can really just start a team. Now you've got to align with uh, some of the other teams, or you've got to yeah. You you need to know who your main the manufacturer is. You know, you have to run a Chevy or a Ford or a Toyota, but. Um, you know, we were able to figure that out. So back in 2016, uh, aligned with Richard Childress Racing and um, got, got Chevy. Stealing our donuts. Where's our donuts? They're about to eat them. They're salivating behind the glass, Matt. <laughs> so so, what, so what's, what, what, what car are you aligned with here? Well, so we are aligned with Richard Childress Racing, but that was more for engineering and support okay. in the mm-hmm. beginning. So um, And so now we have... You know, I bought two charters, they call it. That's That's what NASCAR is. That's what franchises are. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's 36, basically, franchises uh, in NASCAR. So I own two of them. Okay. Wow. And uh, and so now we have two full-time cars in the Cup Series. Which, which is the Sundays. major leagues. Yeah. That's the big boys. That's the big boy. That's the, and then we and that costs three, at least a hundred a year, doesn't it? hundred dollars. At least hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap, kids. You have no idea how expensive yeah, this is. I'm, a, I'm over here like, hey, Jay, Jay tells me all the expensive stuff. I just asked him, what, yeah. what, how much what, that cost? What is, what is your <laughs> team? What team does Jordan have? It, it's a uh, colleague racing. Yeah. So yours. Is so college. we have right. uh, Justin Haley yeah. in the 31 car, and then we we share the 16. Actually, we just had. Uh, what we call fan day okay. down in uh, at our race shop yesterday. It was just yesterday uh, down in North Carolina. And we announced that AJ Allmendinger is going to run full time. Oh, wow. uh, oh good. Cup, in the cup uh, uh, next year. Very good. So we'll have AJ Allmendinger and uh, he's a very Day. accomplished driver. Very awesome. And we just won Saturday. We just yeah. won at Talladega, uh, you know, on Saturday. So AJ's won four times this year. He won the regular season championship in the Xfinity mm. Series. So we're on to we're we're in the playoffs now uh, in in NASCAR, and we're doing great. T- tell and, us about that rock on your finger there. So this is from uh, where's the camera? Right this here. is from Daytona, back I think in 2018. That's our very first win. Wow! Uh, in NASCAR, so wow, uh, it's a nice place to get your first win. Ross Chastain uh, won. We actually finished one, two, three that day. Oh wow! Wow! And uh, it, and it was super awesome. So they gave us these rings. First, second, and third. First, wow. second, and third. Yeah. So our very first win at NASCAR, we absolutely dominated Daytona. That's crazy. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and so it was a really surreal moment and fun day. But, yeah, they gave us these rings, so I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll wear that thing every day. <laughs> Hell, yeah. So I literally wear this thing every day. I would, too. You, so when I fist bump people. The boom. See, <laughs> now I'm ashy. I gotta, like, see, I've got to bring my rings in. Like, they like, listen, yeah, I need, I need a couple of those. Yeah. You are you – are, and are you based in North Carolina? Is that where the shop is? That's right. Um, when I, I lived in North Carolina two years, yep. and racing is like unbelievable. It's, it's like football it's here. Yeah. It, you know, they, people will, will be outside. Now, how are you trying to kind of move that and kind of um, grow that in other different places where you're at? Well, we're, we're doing, you know, I'm, I, I have business, and, and I have businesses. I have a bunch of businesses. So uh, sponsorship is a really big part of NASCAR, mm-hmm. but we're just trying to take over. I mean, somebody has to win. Somebody has to do it. That's what like, we say about the Guardians and the Browns and like 
somebody's going to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Somebody's going to win the World Series. Somebody's going to win NASCAR championships. So, um, you know, we've been uh, blessed business-wise that we're able to do it. And again, for all of these sports teams and franchises, like you have to have money, right? right? Mm-hmm. Even to own the things, like you have to have money. You got to start there. Uh, so we've been uh, fortunate enough to uh, have some money and now be able to, to go uh, win and, and accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. That world is, it's not so much now, but it used to be incredibly clicky. There were two or three big yeah. names that had the teams and the chance and the opportunities, and they yeah. always won everything. Yeah. And it's still that way. It is that way. <laughs> however, however, I know that they had to be sitting in a room going, wait, who's this Matt Colling fella? Yeah. And where, where is this guy coming from? But that didn't intimidate you or slow you. That just made you more determined to go get what they have. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, they're, they're, you're right, Jay. Like these guys have been doing it. Most of these guys have been doing it for 50 years. You know, I said some of the multi generations. Yeah, I mean, fifty. I think Richard Childress has been doing it for fifty some years. You know, Roger Penske. Yeah. I think he's in his eighties. Yeah. Uh, Joe Gibbs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. has been doing it for for years. I mean, again, I I don't mean to say like that they're getting old, but like they they're Richard Petty has been doing it for I don't know sixty years. It's time for years. someone to replace so that guard. There's gonna be replacement, and so. Uh, we're one of those younger generation teams. You know, you've got uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, right. yeah. you know, now yeah, at 2311. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, Justin Marks, uh, who's a younger guy than I am, uh, that, that has a team. He's with Pitbull. Mm-hmm. So Pitbull and J- Justin Marks, wow. you know, are, are, are making their mark uh, in the series. So uh, we're trying to be that next generation. We have a next generation car, but we're trying to be, I'm trying to be that next generation owner that is going to take over. So, but I, you know, I have to believe that your sports background is helpful to you because you, know, you talk about playing in the toilet bowl. You got to know what it's like to be on the field, yeah, right? Yeah. And you got to know what it's like to have to, to be able to in a, be in a position to actually win and want to win. That's right. right? So I, I gotta feel like that helps you in in that sport. You know, I think it it definitely helps uh, in that sport. And I come at it from a different angle than these uh, these guys in NASCAR that are car guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a car guy. I have I didn't grow up in racing, in the sport. Um, and so I come at it from a business perspective and even from a football mm-hmm. you know, perspective. You know, I played quarterback. And I think that's been, it's, it's the leadership that was created, I think, that you have to be able to lead on the field. I mean, you have, you know, you have a huddle and that you're in charge of the huddle as a quarterback. And I think the lessons that I learned on the football field and as a leader and the quarterback has really helped in business and then really helps, you know, run a race team, you know, because because you can lead and teach these other, right. you know, the crew chiefs and, you know, how to be leaders and, and how to translate what you learn from football into into racing. Racing is an unbelievable team sport. I mean, it's. You know, you're racing a car, but you're and you have one driver that's in there, and he's racing. But all the teamwork that goes into it is just—it's almost undescribable. You know. Let me let me ask you this because we had an interesting discussion earlier. Yeah. From your perspective, I don't care what you're in business, sport, anything. When you sit in from the position you sit in as the CEO on top of the, when you see that you're missing something, 
what is what is what is your responsibility? If your team is missing something, is it to call shots as they see them spades, spade? Like I am missing this, and I have to go get this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting in a in a team. I always use the analogy. So you know, and I'll I'll say like I'm I went to the University of Akron. When I first came in to uh, to be uh, as a freshman, there were six quarterbacks. You know, I mean, that mm-hmm. just it just happens. There's you're sitting at a quarterback right. meeting and there's six of you. And so there, we had a senior quarterback and the coach wasn't like, hey, that guy's our quarterback. The five of you guys, you're not going to play. You know, it just isn't going to happen that way. So it's the responsibility of like either the team captains and the coaches to put the best players on the mm-hmm. field. And so it's a weird dynamic sometimes in, in sports or on teams that you have to hold each other accountable. If we're the offensive line, let's say we're the Browns offensive line and, and you've been playing, you're the left guard, you've been playing for years, you're an all pro, but like you're just not doing, you're, you're not doing your job. It's the responsibility of the coaches to put the best players on the field. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's a hard, it's a hard dynamic sometimes on teams. Even you, you guys were talking about Tom Brady before. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the best. But, like, if he's not playing well, it's the responsibility of the coach to be able to replace him. No matter who he is or what he's done, you know, in his life, it's a responsibility to do that. And I think every player, you know, this happens, it, it happens in business, you know, mm-hmm. where uh, you have to replace people. Uh, anyway. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Sometimes tough decisions have to be made. You can't, you can't be afraid to make them. Tough decisions have to be made, yeah. and you have to make them. For the benefit yeah. of the team. For the benefit of the team. Right. And you want – it's like it's not fair to me if I'm a player, if I or the coaches allow just you to not bring it right. every day. And so even though we're all friends and everything else, it's the responsibility. It's for the betterment of the team. Everybody has to be accountable. What 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 made you? You know, you you you're a business guy. You could have put your resources in a number of play, yeah. places. What made you put those resources with the Guardians? Well, because just we had the opportunity to. You know, I mean, uh, you know, when David Blitzer was was putting a team together or putting you know a, a group together, I mean, they had asked us. Uh, we've been involved, so what, for the last four years with, with the Guardians. I mean, we feel like we've been great partners with the Dolans. We've done the Giveathon uh, every mm-hmm. year. so Which has I, raised a boatload of money. Yeah, we've raised over a million dollars now, you know, for, for these kids, you know, to play baseball and softball here in Cleveland. And so just our ability to do that or our passion to be able to give back to uh, the, the community and to really help the Guardians you know, we've we've met all the PR people and all the marketing people, and and so again through the philanthropy, and so uh, Paul Dolan, they wanted us to be part of, of the group and part of the ownership group. One because we're um, you know we have the resources and and mm-hmm. we love Cleveland, but we're here in Cleveland. We're a Northeast. What Ohio has it been company. like for you so far? It's, I know it's early it, on, but well, it's been amazing. I mean, ever ever since we got involved, you know, the team's been phenomenal. <laughs> it's the colleague factor. I don't think it's you. Us, it's the like, colleague factor. I, it, I don't know. It might be. Everything there, there, this guy touches to turns to gold. You you were born under the right star, man. I don't know. Some, <laughs> I'm telling you, something's going on. But it, any it, interest in owning the Browns? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there it is. We just solved all the problems. Uh, I didn't say that. You said. That. <laughs> but of course, would you have interest in owning the Browns? It, well, I, I, between all of us, 
I think we took past the hat. We came up with eleven $1 hundred and forty-two dollars. So okay. we're a little short, <laughs> but well, if you want to kick in the rest, no, we're I'm in. The Haslam's. I, I'm not trying to own the Brown, but like it would be fun to be. It, it would obviously be fun to be part. Just like the Cavs, just like the Guardians, like yeah. it's just. Fun did you to grow be up? I mean, yeah, I know you grew up in in Chicago. Cincinnati Spring, and then Cincinnati, yeah. Chicago. When did you cross the threshold into joining this universe of pain, rooting yeah. for Cleveland sports teams? It's uh, well, I think just as soon as we, uh, as soon as I moved here, you know, so really? I moved here in '91, uh, came to the University of Akron, and um, so I've been here since literally since '91. Um, and you immer you immersed yourself in the Cavs, Browns. Indians right away, like right away. Yeah. But I always said, we're sorry, and I mean no disrespect to the Brown, <laughs> but like they they've made it really hard to be a. What Browns you mean? Like, Ooh, right? Of course. But I've always been. I have. I, I've been like now growing up in Cincinnati. It was like that was the rivalry. I mean, sure. big rivalry. It was you hated Cleveland. Boomer and Cleveland Bernie. hated the, you know Cincinnati. So living up here and then even going to the Browns game, you know I. Gradually, yeah, slowly, yeah, slowly, you know, the moved towards slowly that, swung. Uh, you know, the Browns. Well, welcome to the dark side. So, <laughs> but it's it's there's definitely ups and downs, and you do get excited. I'm excited about them this year. Um, you know, I mean, we're still, only, yeah, we're only four games in, yeah. and you know, we're in I mean, first we're place. Two, two, we're in first place. We're, but they do. We do this every year, right? You get yeah. excited, and then it's just it it makes it hard. But so since you, I'm very, I am optimistic. I, that it's going to be a great season. Matt, since you said that, right? Since yeah. you said Keep that, you keep, your, you keep your eyes on the on the prize. Yeah. What are they missing? The Browns? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I actually, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, even watching them on Sunday, and I didn't get to watch the Atlanta game. We were racing. Okay. Um, you know, but. Uh, you want me to tell you what they're it, missing? It's, you tell us. They're missing culture. They're missing structure, stability, and a foundation. Well, they, that's what they're missing. Well, you shouldn't yeah. be in the league then. <laughs> what are you talking but about? That's what, but that's those you, are you those know are better than you. And that's like saying I'd be a <laughs> but, great athlete if I was faster, but, stronger, but and no. Taller. But but this is the this is the part of ownership. Yeah. This is where everyone asks, "What's the part of ownership?" Yeah, you have to spend money. Yes, but you have to have core values and structure and stability. That's. Th that's what aggravates me about the whole conversation with the Dolans is they have all of that. The they one do. component they don't have is the spending component. It's the and it's right. really important. Yeah. Right. You have to spend. It's really, really, really important. Yeah. But you also need all the other stuff. Right. And that's what the Cavs for years did not have. Yeah. But that's that, what the Browns but, have never but, had. But right. That's what's missing. The, I don't care. You can go back to the Guardians, the Indians. That component comes from the top, but it really is implemented by the coaching staff, right? Well, yeah, but 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 to your point, if you Hard got the Grove. wrong coach in there and it's a rotating door yeah, yeah. and it's always but I'm the saying, wrong but coach, when you have the right coach in there, Hargrove, ownership has Tito. to make the right decisions. Right, right. They have to empower the right general that's manager, exactly, yep. the right that's head exactly. coach, put and the right people in the way. That's exactly what the, right the Dolans have done. And get the hell out of the way. The right. Well, and the executives and everybody at the organization has stayed and has wanted to stay. Yes. Yeah. And so yes. Mike Chernoff turned down his hometown team. To stay here. I can't believe Chris is still here. I know. I can't. I, I mean, they, they, correct me if I'm wrong. As I talk to people in other organizations, mm -hmm. this franchise, the Guardians, are the envy of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Because they're not spending money. Except they're 28th for, hey, in payroll. Yeah. I keep saying it. I'm telling you. 
John Sherman just fired everybody in Kansas City. Yes. Wait and see how many people. Week. Wait and see how many people Kansas City plucks from Cleveland. He well, knows they're going to try. I, I hope. I hope he doesn't. But yes, I mean, he knows that what's missing. He's been in Kansas City a couple of years. What's missing? Well, the people, the yeah. people behind the scenes that you don't see, the people yeah. that are making scouting decisions and that are in player development. The Guardians' infrastructure. If you could put that infrastructure with the Browns and with the Cavs, we'd have three winning teams right. here. Consistent. Put Dan Gilbert's spending ability with the Dolan's weight of running a franchise, you'd be a top three team every single year. Yeah. Every single year. You'd that's be kinda, championship contender. You would, you would be the Yankees. Yeah, you would be a championship well, contender every year. Because it's not, it isn't that easy. And so the, the Yankees, I don't know if every year they are a, a championship right. team, uh, team, even though they have all the resources. Right. Um, but like you said, it's, it is, it's the cultural thing. Like the New England Patriots were for a couple decades. They just went. They just... They, they rinse and repeat. They just win. They have a winning culture. And uh, so it's good that we get to talk about the Guardians that way. It doesn't seem like it's always been that way. But what have we won 90 games the last five, five times? Well, third most, third most wins in Bob, Bobby was in. Bobby DiBiasio was in yeah. um, Monday. Tuesday. Monday. Monday. Tuesday. Monday. Yeah. Monday. He, he told us that um, over the last 10 years, no team in the American League has won as many games as the That's Indians right. Guardians. Yep. And they are fourth out of 30 right. in that span. And if you look at their payroll, they will be consistently. Now, they did have a stretch there in 16, 17 where they did spend some money. But this year, they're 28th. And somehow, some way you look up, they win 92 games. Yep. And here they are hosting a wild card series. Yep. And 17 guys made their major league debut this year. Right. I said it Monday. That's a recipe yeah. for a 100 loss season. Yeah. It is. And Typically, the, that's the Detroit Tigers this year. And they're hosting a playoff game tomorrow afternoon. It's and then we'll host another one Saturday and if needed Sunday. Let me ask you yeah. this question. This is off the beat path a little bit. Yeah. Um, you're an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Um, when we started this show, we were a startup. He called, this guy right here, Steve, called me. I was working a corporate job. He said, hey, you want to be, uh, you want to do some TV stuff? I said, uh, sure. I said, I thought he was joking. I hung up. He did. He thought, it was, well, buddy, playing <laughs> yeah, a prank out of him. Hung whatever. Up, yeah. whatever, dog. Like, yeah, I was on YouTube, whatever. It's Jake Taylor in the Mexican yeah, League. Yeah, then he hit me on. back, right? <laughs> <laughs> he calls me back, and I'm saying, oh, cool. He beat, I meet this guy. He drives from Texas, and then we see Jay. I'm like, oh, I, I think this might be real. I know, I know he has a real job. So, at some point, this is, is, a, is a thing that you start from the ground up. When you're an entrepreneur like yourself, you get out of college. Um, what makes you want to start a business in your basement? How did that come about? Uh, you know, I've always been, I've always been intrigued with even getting better. So, if 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 it was a, in a, on a little league team, it's mm -hmm. like I wanted to, I wanted to play. You know, it's I think we're I, I think we all feel that way. Like, you know, you teach your kids from a young age, like be be the best you can be, but. Um, you know, but that's the analogy that I use that I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a starter. <coughs> I wanted, I wanted to play. And then once you're a starter, then it's like, Hey, there's an all-star team right. Right, that you can make. Right. I want to be on the all-star team. Right. And so I want to, I want to do that. So even when I started, so I, I went to the university of Akron, like I said, you're sitting in a quarterback, you're meeting and there's six of you. Yeah. Well, I want to play. Mm -hmm. So right. what do I have to do to be Maybe the starter? Be, right. Cause only one person's going to be the starter. And then what do I need to do to not only start, but let's win some games. So the winning part of the game was hard, was hard to figure out. Mm. Um, but we did win the toilet bowl. Yeah, at least you got that. <laughs> and, got uh, that. But, uh, but then same thing in, in business. You know, I started, 
Uh, my very first job out of business school uh, out of Akron was working for a remodeling company. So we sold windows and siding and kitchens and okay. baths and all that stuff. And so, you know, started to, and then try to figure out how to be the manager. Well, shit, the sales manager makes more money than the salesman. So right. how do I how do I get his job? You know, <laughs> right. And so it becomes that. So then become the sales manager. And then how do you move up in the company? I mean, it's the same thing on sports teams as it is in business. How do you do? You and know, the competitive ones typically are the ones that climb to the top. That's right. They want more. They want to better themselves. And then it's like, all right, well, I can do. I think I could do this myself. It was the same thing I said about NASCAR, right? It's like I think I could do this better myself. So I literally after eight years at a company, literally quit my job and started working out of my house, selling gutter screens. Mm. So, you know, I did, I told my wife, I said, I think I, I think I can make more money just selling gutter screens out of my house. Now that's a huge leap of faith. How'd that conversation go? So (laughs) I think she believed me. Uh, So I think it's worked out. Okay. for So far, so good. (laughs) Yeah. How uh, did but, that come? But, how did they do? But, I, I've wondered, and I've never asked you this, but I've wanted yeah. to. Like, what was the epiphany moment where you're like, "Holy crap!" Well, I can I can keep everything out of the gutter, yeah. and I can make it and install it. How did that come about? Well, I, st- I just started as a dealer, so I, like I said, I was in the remodeling industry and um, came across this product called Leaf Filter, mm-hmm. and it's a surgical grade stainless steel screen mm-hmm. that literally keeps everything out of the gutters. So I was like, this is, it's like magic where nothing sticks to it and it just screen like it, it keeps everything out. So I can sell this. If you have a house and you have trees, I I mean, it looks easy. It's easy to sell. Like, and so, I mean, it doesn't sell itself, but like if there was ever a product, I was like, uh, you, I can make money doing this. So, um, so then I did. And so I, I knew Again, I worked for eight years, so right. I was, what, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. And but you so, collected a lot of lessons along the way. That's right. So then, uh, you know, I had a marketing person, and I had one installer, and then I, I sell, sold all the jobs. So I went to everybody's – I sold all our jobs in 2005, and then started growing the company oh, That's crazy. It just showed up. <laughs> and so, then I started opening offices. Okay. So then I opened a Pittsburgh office, Columbus office, Toledo office. You know, I could drive there every day if I needed to. Yeah. So then I had four offices, and then the next year I, I, I had three more offices, and so have just grown, you know, since then. So again, now took over the manufacturing of Leaf Filter. This is several years ago, but bought the patent. Um, just I just figured out how to grow and how to take over. Where you manufacturing? Incredible. Where are you manufacturing? Manufacturing in. Um, uh, Kalamazoo, okay. uh, Michigan, and, and Louisville, Kentucky. What's crazy is, so I, I uh, mother is the necessity of invention. I didn't even know that these things existed. I lived in Tampa, Florida, and I had oak trees all around my house, and I was constantly cleaning my gutters, constantly. Um, when I moved here, I back to the woods, and I had, you know, I, I just was looking at the, I would stay, I'm the guy that's standing out, looking out my window going, what the hell am I going to do with all these leaves? Right. And it was a new house, and, you know, water is the enemy water yeah. kills any everything yeah and so i said I, I need these things so i called matt up i go hey uh you know i've never had these but i, th- I think i need them he's like yeah i'll have my guys come out they came out they did an unbelievable job now i love this i look at my neighbors cleaning out their gutters <laughs> and i tell them all the time i'm like guys i i know a guy 
I know a guy, and one of them actually is going to do it this fall. Oh. It's incredible. It's the biggest time saver in the. And I know that we're, this wasn't intended to be a commercial. But I can tell you that there's a couple of times where I've used a product where I'm like, oh my god, I love this product. Like, yeah. I, I I believe in this product so much. It works. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Leaf Filter is that product. It's unbelievable how, for I don't know what the science is, they fall on my roof and they don't stick and they come right down and they never clog up my gutters and it's like Absolutely. the greatest thing ever. It's unbelievable. And those leaves would be in your gutters if you didn't have them. Right. Yeah. So, and they cause even, backups and that causes problems with the structure of the house. But even bringing back what we were just talking about to, to, uh, to sports and building a team, it is about culture. I mean... Um, I built a culture at Leaf Filter. We have 150 offices in the U.S. and Canada now, and it started out of my house. So it becomes like just convincing people that are your employees and your salespeople that it is the greatest product in the history of products. It sells itself. I mean, it just, yeah. it it just is. Yeah. But, go ahead. You know, but so then it's, it's growing offices in different cities and convincing those people that it's the greatest thing. And, and so selling is just a transference of feelings. If I can make you feel about my product like I feel about it, yeah. mm -hmm. then we're going to win. Like you're pretty passionate about Leaf Filter. I don't know whether you're really that passionate. Or I am. To, no, listen, I here. love it. But you're My wife used to yell at me. I was the guy that would put the gutter, the, the, the ladder, and I had the extension ladder, 24 feet. I'm Aww. on the upstairs cleaning out. The, and my wife would stand at the bottom saying, is your life insurance paid up? Yeah. Like she used to hate that I would do that. But yeah. I, I'm, I was trying to take care of my house and I know the damage that that can cause. And now literally when right. I'm watching my neighbors do it, I get it. I get an internal chuckle. I'm like, I know something that they don't know. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But it in really sports is. And in teams, it is building that winning culture. And even amongst the teammates that, that they really care. You know, I've been on teams or even sports, even at, you know, I mean, even back at the University of Akron back then in the early 90s, mm -hmm. Where we had some tough luck. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we we were two and nine one year. We were one and ten. Yeah, and so I'm telling you, we had players on the team that really didn't care. Right. You know, you'd show up to the weight room, yeah. and they would just they you wouldn't they the didn't care. Apathy is the enemy. Mm -hmm. And and you're like, this is how. And how can the coaches even put up with it? Right, right. It doesn't make right. sense. But they did. Yeah. And so um, so then you lose, and you have a losing culture, and you. You know. Well, uh, I'll be over there Saturday. I'm going to try to get over there for a couple innings tomorrow. We're doing the show from good. 11 to 1, and I know yep. the game starts at noon. I know you'll be – are you going to be, be there? Yep, I'll be there tomorrow. Very yeah, good. Right. Super excited. Enjoy the games. Congratulations on Leaf Filter, on being Matt Colleg, <laughs> on, on, on owning NASCAR teams, on being Matt Colleg. And on, on owning ring. the Guardians and on one day owning the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> and, and them donuts was fire. Yeah, yeah, they were very good. Matt, it's great to see you. It great is great to see, to see, you, see you. Awesome to be here. Yeah. Love the show. You Keep watching. Keep thank watching. You, thank you, thank you. Matt Colleague on the Ultimate right. Cleveland Sports Show. We're going to take a quick hey. break. We're back in two minutes. <laughs> Travis. Oh, good. <laughs> McNuggets, did you guys kill the donuts? No, they, we, we had like two bad. There's oh, just a whole box right there. Somebody got, came in here and got, said the donuts are gone. No, no, no. There, there's a like, whole box. What? No, <laughs> we're, not that, we're not that savage. Yeah, I know. I did 45 on the Peloton last night, and I do that a couple times a week so I can have a cheat yeah, yeah, snack no, once, no once in a while. So, yeah, that's what that was all about. He was great. Yeah, no, Matt was great. Thanks uh, again for, uh, for coming in. I, um, Matt really, he lives this charmed life. I asked him a couple of weeks ago, 
a serious question. I said, I'm not joking now. Is there anything in the world that you want that you don't have? And he thought about it for a second. He said, I'd like to have a football team. And I mm -hmm. said, okay, all right, all right. I don't know if the Haslam's are selling anytime soon. Don't think so. But if they ever hit the market, I think they'll have a buyer, a local buyer that'll be ready to go That'd in a heartbeat. Great. You That'd know what's so crazy is, is, is he, he lives a charm life, but everybody can get that. If you, if you work hard and you, you got a vision and you stick to it, so you get competitive, you can get there. That's anybody. Yeah. He's self-made, 100%. Uh, and he has this competitive spirit in everything he does. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he's doing. I don't care what it is. If he's doing anything, he wants to be not great. He wants to be the best, the best. at it. And he's, he's really, I know some folks in the NASCAR world, and they are looking at Matt as this outsider who's coming in with this huge checkbook. Because when I tell you guys that it's, it's expensive, you can't even imagine the, just the initial writing the check cost to own a team mm -hmm. and they're looking at him with these deep pockets and um, and the things that he's doing and he's definitely shaking up that world and hopefully he's going to help the uh, the Guardian stay competitive for years all right Travis Hafner is uh, on the ultimate Cleveland sports show now Travis it's been a minute we had you on back in hey, May I believe it's great up, to man? see you again how you doing I am fantastic thanks for having me on I love to hear it um, am I right are you down in Florida am I misremembering? yeah we're in we're in Tampa Okay, oh. I was I was gonna ask. I, I thought it was Tampa, and I didn't think that you were um, in the Fort Myers area. I just wanted to make sure that everything was was okay after the storm came through there. I know Tampa was supposed to take the direct hit and ended up going a little bit south to uh, to Fort Myers, but everything good. What do you make of the Guardians? Like, how in the world has this team won ninety two games? Yeah, it's it's really been incredible. Um, it's an exciting team. You know, the youngest team in the big leagues and. Uh, it's a high contact team. They put the ball in play. They play with energy. Uh, it's an outstanding pitching staff, and uh, they've, they've been fun to watch. Now, Travis, tell us how hard it is for a team that, that is that young to, to recognize that they have an ability to do something special um, and, and recognize that and go get it, uh, as opposed to some other teams that may be more high-priced veterans, guys that are big names. How hard is it for a group of young guys to do that? It's hard. I mean, with, with young guys, you get kids that play with, with energy, but um, at the same time, it, it does take some time and uh, experience is very valuable. Just, you know, kind of learning the pitchers in the league, understanding how they're going to pitch you individually. And, you know, you're, you're trying to establish yourself as an everyday big league player. Um, and usually once you get more experience, once you've established yourself, then, you know, winning becomes the, the main priority. Hey, Travis, you've been around, obviously, in this league for a long time and no one knowing what you know as a pro. You're going into a playoff game here uh, in Cleveland tomorrow with uh, a bunch of young guys. So if you're the veteran in the group, when you walk into that locker room that day, what's the look that you don't want to see on those young players when you walk through the door? Well, I mean, I think everybody's going to be nervous. I mean, you don't, you don't want to see guys uh, too nervous, but a lot of it is just, you know, kind of focusing on the things that have got you there all year. So, um, you know, as a hitter, like I don't want guys chasing pitches out of the strike zone. So a big part of my plan would just be, hey, get good pitches to hit. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to be the hero. Just, you know, try to focus on line drives up the middle and just kind of do what we've been doing all year. Travis, is this style of play sustainable in a postseason series? This team looks like the 1980 Cardinals to me with Vince Coleman and Willie McGee 
and Tommy Herr and put the ball in play and make chaos on the bases. Obviously, there's not 100 steals guys here, but just active on the base pass, first to third, aggressive base running. Does this translate better, worse, or the same as get two guys on and wait for a three-run homer? It's a good call. I, I think I saw something uh, the other day where a lot of times uh, whoever wins in the postseason uh, hits more homers or, you know, a lot of the runs come via the home run. And the Guardians aren't built for that. But at the same time, they put the ball in play. They put pressure on opposing defenses. They run the base as well. Um, so, you know, they have a chance to go out and score runs. Well, we saw, too, when Aaron Judge was sitting at 60. Mm-hmm. It, it, I know he finally got over 61 and then 62, but his home run pace dropped dramatically mm-hmm. the second he got to 60. And, Travis, that's something I want to talk to you about. That's fascinating to me because, obviously, he's gripping more. He's thinking about it more. He's trying to hit home runs. And as we saw during that stretch, you can have a power outage. Home runs have slumps. Running doesn't have slumps. Hustle doesn't have slumps. So I know that the majority of the teams that win do so via the home run, but I think the way this team is built with the runs and the hustle, that doesn't take days off. And, and I, I like where we are. I like this team's chances in the postseason, particularly against the Rays, even against the Yankees I do. Now, the Astros might be a different story, but – I think this team is positioned to, to make a little run here. Yeah, it's it's a unique style of baseball, um, not something that you see a ton of in the big league. So it's, it's going to be a tough matchup for any team that the Guardians face. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, and again, like they can wreak havoc on the bases and, and really challenge a defense. And, um, you know, there's they're going to run into some strikeout pitchers that, you know, might, they might – make him work harder and uh, throw some extra pitches and get some good pitches to hit eventually and, you know, find a gap or hit a ball out of the ballpark and score runs that way as well. So it's, it's going to be a challenging matchup for any team they face. Uh, Travis, this is a, a, a little bit of a weird thing. Three game series. Um, are you worried about a young team possibly dropping the first game and then that pressure builds and ratchets up for the second and third game in a very short series? Yeah, you definitely want to come out and win game one. Um, but at the same time, if it doesn't happen, there's there's a little comfort in knowing that all three games are at home. So, you know, it's it's not like if you lose game one, it's like, okay, game three's in Tampa. We've really made it uphill for us. Um, so, you know, obviously the first game is going to be huge and you want to come out and win that one. But there is some comfort knowing all three are at home. What do you think of this format? Uh, you know, it's it's exciting having more teams in the playoffs and, and more teams involved in uh, in the wild card chase. And, you know, I, I think one thing that was frustrating is you play 162 or 163 games and then it comes down to one game. And, you know, you're in the playoffs one game, you lose, you run into, you know, Jacob deGrom or Scherzer or something like that and you lose and it's like season's over. So this at least gives you a chance to, you know, face three opposing pitchers or have three of your guys go and, you know, kind of eliminates just running into like the elite Cy Young type pitcher. Talking about pitching, um, it, it certainly a premium is always on pitching in October baseball. Speak to how this team is positioned with the front of the rotation guys, knowing that 
They've got a Cy Young caliber guy in Bieber who looks like Shane Bieber again. Young Tristan McKenzie who looks like Mr. Salty out there throwing a baseball, but just all he does is throw strikes and get guys to swing and miss. And then, you know, even if you have to, you got Quantrill as the third starter. How do you, how do you think the pitching matches up in, in a postseason series with, the, with what the Guardians have here in arms? Yeah, you, you feel really good about running Bieber and McKenzie out there the first two. Uh, the first two games of this series and you know you back that up with a very strong bullpen of you know five or six very capable guys out there so you know definitely like our chances the first couple games of the series and then uh, Kel's been outstanding this year as well and in particular very good at home so uh, you know I think our pitching is gonna you know give us a chance to win each game. Hey Travis I, I, I'm, I'm flipping a little bit from baseball but you know, last time we had you on, you had the ghost, the ghost image behind with the door opening up. Behind. <laughs> yeah. You got it locked this time. You keeping them out this time. <laughs> hey, I, I swear, my dog just came in here like five minutes before it started, and the door opened up. And I thought exactly of that moment. So I'm actually sitting under my feet. <laughs> it gave us a great laugh. We enjoyed it. Hey, uh, Travis, talk about the difference between regular season baseball and playoff baseball? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, people say like, you know, just got to think of it as another game. And there are some aspects of that that are definitely true, but there's, there's so much adrenaline. There's so much excitement in the ballpark. I mean, every pitch is, you know, people are just locked in every pitch and it's exhausting when the game is over because you've been so involved in every pitch. But, um, you know, I think the big thing is just kind of sticking with your approach of what got you there. Um, and not trying to do too much because I think that's going to be like the natural thing to want to try to do is like I want to be the hero I'm going to step up and hit a home run or I'm going to be over aggressive so if they can stick with their game plan do what they do very well um, they can really use the crowd to their benefit hey I can I spill a little bit of tea on you uh, my day job is a reporter so sometimes when I'm bored, I know this sounds so loserish. <laughs> I'll just like search real estate records and property and see what's doing, what's, what's moving. And I found your house in Avon Lake under Ron Burgundy property, or Ron Burgundy Enterprises with, <laughs> with Burgundy misspelled. So I found you, even though you tried really hard to. <laughs> Loser. No matter how hard, Loser. no matter how hard you Loser. tried to find this it, guy. no matter how hard you tried to bury it, I still found it. Here's so I want to know how. I mean, obviously you're a big Anchorman fan, but you misspelled Burgundy. Was that intentional, or was that it was intentional? A, it was intentional. It was intentional. And I yeah. found you anyway. I, I didn't realize there'd be somebody as good as you out there. So that's only, up to only you. a loser. So let me ask you. First of all, why why would you misspell Burgundy? Um, I don't know. That's a very good question. Uh, I had you an really answer a couple to be years stealth. ago, but I'm not sure what it is now. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to bring that up and ask you. You got that. a lot of time on your hands. I, I told him a loser. <laughs> McNuggets has something for you. Go ahead, Mikey. I have a little Ron Burgundy story real quick, and then uh, I got a question for you, Travis. But when Anchorman 2 came out, Ron, Will Farrell as Ron Burgundy came to Emerson College. It was my senior year, did a press conference, and they renamed the journalism school the Ron Burgundy School of Journalism for one day. <laughs> That's beautiful. We got to ask him questions in a press conference setting. He answered as Ron Burgundy. It was awesome. He did not break character. But, Travis, I did have a real question yeah. for you. We keep playing the locker room video from when they clinched a couple of weeks ago. Is there any party that compares to a locker room party 
with unlimited champagne, cigars, and literally no rules? They are absolutely fantastic. And I try to think of ways that we can do like these baseball type parties in like everyday life, um, like what <laughs> you could celebrate. And it like, you just can't come up with anything that compares to it. But uh, that moment there that they're showing is just, you know, that's why you play the game. It's so much hard work um, that goes into that moment and everybody coming together as a team. But uh, those actual parties Not are incredible. Okay. Are there too many of those like divisional, like wild card, you're popping champagne. No other sport does this wild card round. Let's pop champagne. ALCS, ALDS, ALCS. Like, shouldn't you wait until you like win the championship? To they pop win a championship. They're the AL Central champs. But, like the Cavs never pop champagne from winning the Central Division or, you know, like anything like that. Are there too many in baseball or do you just love it so much? Just every day. Let's go for it. Well, I don't know that there can be enough. Or, or I, don't, I don't think there can be too many champagne parties because they're that awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think making the playoffs is such a big deal because the season's so long. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, too. Like maybe you reserve it for, you know, the American League win an American League championship headed to the World Series. Um, but they are fun. And I think it's, you know, there's something special about celebrating each step along the way and, you know, kind of uh, just, you know, puts a puts a bow tie on each round that you're moving on. So um, they're fantastic. And, you know, the ones that I was in, was, in was were, were great. Goggles seem to be a, a new thing. I don't think people realize how much it burns your eyes. Oh, did, yeah. did you have goggles or were you an eye burner? I was an eye burner. Um, <laughs> you know, back when I played, if you wore goggles, it was, uh, you know, you get made fun of a little bit, uh, called out your manhood a little bit. But now I guess. Sign of weakness. I guess everybody's using goggles, so. That is the, the seems to be the cool new way to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're being a buzzkill, Jay, to be perfectly well, honest. I, that's the <laughs> first time I've been told that. Yeah, I mean, hell. The, 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 to Travis's point, these guys got together in the middle of February. Right. They see each other more than they see their families. Mm-hmm. They've had highs. They've had long losing streaks. They've had lows. They've had injuries. They've overcome obstacles. You're at the end of the 162-game sprint mm-hmm. marathon. Hell, let loose and celebrate. Well, if any team deserves it, it's this one. They weren't expected nobody, to be there. Nobody thought this was happening. You, so. you didn't have them winning 92 games, did you, Trav? <laughs> I did not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been incredible that they've gotten to this point. Um, you know, I think a lot of people would look at the White Sox on paper as mm. the best team yeah. uh, in the AL Central and then the Twins kind of behind them. And, you know, Guardians would be right in that 2-3 spot. But, um, yeah, they're them winning the division has been truly incredible this season. What's their ceiling here? What, how, how far can they go? Um, you know, anything can happen in the postseason. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see them go play the Yankees because that's like two dramatic different styles of baseball, and it'd be very interesting to see what happens. And you know, then in the in the NL, they got uh, the Dodgers and the Braves, who are two really really good teams. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like. Definitely not looking looking too far forward, but I think uh, I think this is going to be a really good matchup with the Rays, and hopefully we can move on and play the Yankees. Yeah, one day at a time. If we gave you ten at bats right now, not in playoff baseball, but regular season baseball, if we were to throw you in for ten at bats, what would you do? What would your average be, and would you homer? Um, 
Are you saying right now or do I yeah, get to practice? Yeah, right off the couch. Sure, right off the couch. You're called off up. Off the couch, I probably hit zero. <laughs> Ten punch outs. <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt that very seriously. Travis, great to see you again. Ron Burgundy, Enjoy the playoffs. Yeah, I, yeah, I look at you in a whole different light now that I know that. Yeah. That is a great fun fact. Jason, thanks for bringing that there to the party. Uh, enjoy the game. I hope, I hope uh, the team that comes from the city you're living in now is back there in a couple of days with their tail between their legs and the Guardians are moving on to see the Yankees. That would be fantastic. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Travis right. Hafner, former Cleveland Indian great. I noticed in the graphic there we had N.D. Goat. Yeah. North and Dakota. Yeah, I don't want anybody to think that he yeah. went to Notre Dame and broke all the records yeah. there. He is, the, without question, the greatest baseball player ever produced by the state of North Dakota. Pronk, my son's favorite player back in the was day. Was he really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Pronk. Had, we had Hafner stuff all over his room. It mm. was Pronk because he was part project, part, part donkey. donkey. Because he kind of, I mean, you know, he's just a massive, massive yeah. human being. And a wonderful, just a super Great nice guy. guy. Great guy. And, man, did he hit the grand slams. I, hey, man, I, I, I miss the old school Mo Vaughn, Travis Hafner, elbow pads. Uh, yeah. They used to have it. That's how you know you could hit home runs back in the day. You, It was signified by your gear. Barry Bonds <laughs> had it, too. Yeah, you got did. to have that elbow sleeve. It got to look like it's a knee pad slash elbow pad. Like, it's roller Looked derby. like they're going out there to play hockey. Yeah. yeah. And then he, they take it off. They take it off and, and hand it to somebody. And I'm like, where did that dude come from? They always got a little dude. He just come through and give it. Back then, it was the good old days. Yeah, it was. A lot of fun. All right, um, nine minutes to go. We're yeah. going to do final takes. Let's do Call final it a day. Takes, Is yep. there anything I'm missing? I think this, we got it all in, this right? Flew. Nope. Actually, yeah, it did. real quick, I do want to say uh, we got our first two Super Chats today. So, shout out to uh, Roberto. What is that? I don't know what that is. El yes! Presidente paid $2 for us to say great show. Hey, shout out to the Super Wait, Chats, man. What? We appreciate y'all, man. You can pay Super Chat. You can pay on YouTube. Pay us. So he paid us $2 to read their comment on air. And we'll read your comment. And, your comment. No, and notify you. And say, what's So up, do thanks? we each get a quarter and call it a day? Like, what do we do with that no, money? No, you don't, you don't get that money. No, Buy more donuts. This goes right to Tegna's pockets. <laughs> That's us. going right to their bags. You don't get nothing. <laughs> $2? He said, let's go Guardians. All right. Hey, so, hey listen. Keep, I need, keep I need, coming. I need all them dollars. Two, 50 cent. Whatever you can do, we appreciate it. Someone you. also paid us $10 and didn't leave a comment, so we made $12 today. <laughs> Woo! $10 hit and run? They didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. Nope. Leave what's, your comment. What's the point? Leave your comment, Listen, man. He, he supports the show. It's how you can support the show. Kenneth Yablonowski. Yablonowski. Shout out to Kenneth. Shout Yablonowski. Out Kenneth we love you, Kenneth. Kenneth, you the man. We go, we go. Next time, leave a comment. We're going we go, we go, we go to corral that a little bit differently. <laughs> well, like. I almost feel like we need a tote board. Uh, yeah, like, like the Jerry Lewis telethon? You know, yeah. let's just check our new total. We're by, $12 now. No, no, but here's what we can do. We can put up a screen of all the people who have super chatted, and then we can run Oh, it. no, that's a good idea. Look at yeah, that. We actually were working on The reason the call yeah. this morning was a little late was Steve and I were working on the okay. YouTube right. social well, we're gonna, thing. We're going to clean it up. It's very much a work in progress. We're clean up. I'm figuring okay, it out. The, 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 mayor, we're, we're, the mayor said we're going to work on our, our, our messaging. We're going right, to clean it up. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Super chat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Super stickers, too. It's time for final take. Super stickers? Is this like buying no, space in, in the... No, I'm going in here. No, in here. On the, the internet? No, it's just a sticker. Like, you can, you can have different tiers of stickers that you got. If you're in a barbershop, a, a so red old. sticker is $5. Right. If you want a brown sticker, it's 10 All right. Okay. But we don't do that yet. Nugget on it. We'll see if we get that. We'll get a pop. So we're going to be selling stickers soon. (laughs) 
He's clueless. He's out of taste. He's, he's the, I old, am so old, the old school guy. Dude, dude, I lived in a house most of my life that had a telephone that you had to stick your finger in the dial and go like this. Yeah. And now you're selling stickers on the internet. Hey, Shout out for 10 bucks. the fans and the people watching for support. We love you. All. No, so, honestly, you we love you all. We're hearing from so many more of them. Right. I know when I go to a sporting event, it's ridiculous that the people that say, Love the show, and I always used to think they were talking. They used to be talking about Channel Three. Mm-hmm. I'm running into more and more and more and more people that say, "No, no, no, no you're you're a sports show." Yeah, yeah. In and, the morning. And oh, by yeah. the way, we are. Don't they have the Roku app? Hold on. Ain't we on Roku, and, by and the way. Jay is men and women. You can, no, I know. It's all across the board. It's I, like, hey, like, I was I was in Lowe's and it was like a seven-year-old woman stopped me. Hey, so no, absolutely, it's great. The real sports fans in Cleveland are huge. You haven't you haven't heard from your people. We've heard from our people, but I am on locked on it, and it is on Roku. So make sure you download the Roku app. I got a Roku for your streaming devices. Also, says we are too. Apparently. And, and, and fire, fire stick. Roku, and also if 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 YouTube isn't your thing, uh, you can put the WKYC Plus app on your smart TV, mm. and you can watch us that way every yeah. day. And what's what's nice about this is we air eleven to one live, but they also re-air it every evening on WKYC Plus. Download right. that app, so you can watch it that way if you want to watch it on your big screen, right, right, not right. on uh, not on a computer. Jason looks much prettier on the 80-inch. The definition, and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Locks. All right, Brad, lead us off. You know I've been waiting. For I this. know you've been, I've waiting. been waiting. You've been Jay, waiting. Jay, I've been waiting since last week. <laughs> you know, I, I, I may have to ask my man G Bus to yield me his time. Yeah, I, 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 I gratefully yield my time to the senator. And the fine gentleman to, to from the the Dusty, and the fine gentleman from the fine gentleman in the Ohio Senate. To, right? to, my, to, to my colleagues. I started last week, you know, I was I was disturbed last week. I was severely let down by Kim Mulkey, the coach of LSU. The women's basketball coach for LSU. We used to be at Baylor for a long time, won a couple of national championships at Baylor. Who used to coach Brittany Griner at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Who Billy, Brittany Griner helped her win a couple of national championships that helped her ultimately to the payday that she got from LSU. She extracted that money from LSU, thankful because she had some NCAA titles that Brittany Griner had successfully helped her in, right? And I'm going back to think, if you do not know what I'm talking about, Kim Mulkey made a statement last week. They had a press conference media day in LSU and asked her about, you know, she had not made a comment about Brittany Griner being detained in Russia. She had said nothing. And it was strange and it was irritating to people because they felt like she should be out there because the WNBA, NBA players, political people, are all trying to advocate for Rudy Griner's release. Kim Mulkey says nothing. So what she does is this press conference, a smart reporter corners her at the, at the press conference and says, Coach, we haven't heard you say a thing on Brittany Griner on that. And asked her a couple questions. Number one question is, we haven't heard you say a couple things. The prominent response, if you do not know the backstory here, after Brittany Griner left LSU, there was a dispute. And a, a, I think it was the 30 for 30 ESPN story that came out about Brittany Griner's time at, at, at being at Baylor and how she felt that, you know, she has uh, felt like Kim Mulkey did not treat her kindly when it came to her sexual orientation, right? Basically. And no matter how you feel about that, Kim Mulkey obviously didn't take kindly to it because it was a thorough report Mm -hmm. and it eviscerated Kim Mulkey and some of it was factual and ultimately led to her dismissal 
her, her leaving Baylor, not her dismissal, but her leaving Baylor. So this is obviously in this instance that she had carried a grudge with against Brittany Griner. Now I'm thinking about back in the day when Brittany Griner was being recruited by Kim Mulkey. She had to walk into Brittany Griner's parents' house and say, here's a 17, 18 year old. I'm going to shepherd in your child. I'm going to take care of her, make sure that she's going to grow up to be a, 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 a prosperous person or just a great citizen in this country. That's the, that's the line they sell when you, you're being recruited. And you're, you're a mentor of young people trying to grow young people into to, to adulthood. So after Brittany Griner, who obviously had been bothered by her experience at Baylor, comes out, this was years after she was a pro, she makes a statement, Kim Mulkey takes offense to it. So she doesn't say anything about Brittany Griner's cap captivity in Russia. She gets to the captivity portion, they ask her about the question, and instead of responding in an adult fashion, we're saying, you know what? I am not, uh, I'm praying for Brittany Griner, something to that effect. I'm praying for her release, that she comes home safely. Because here's a, here's, here's a child, somebody's child, that's being wrongfully detained in another country, 200 plus days in jail, in a five by nine cell, right? Uh, Lord knows what they're doing to her. Lord knows if they even feed her right, right? And with no representation from her homeland there, a political prisoner. So instead of Kim Mulkey taking the high road, Michelle Obama, they go low, you go high. She she says this is when asked the question. Coach, we haven't heard anything you say anything about this Brittany Griner thing. Her response to the question is real real snarky, and you're not. Go on to the next question. Wow. Immediately after that, you're always represented by the people that you that you have come in contact with. Her former Baylor players lit her up on social media. They lit her up. One of them, a couple of WNBA players said, hey, to all the parents out there, just know where you're sending your child to and who you're sending them to. Right? So if you follow this Kim Mulkey thing, this thing is not all glass and, and smiles down in Baylor. Right? It was a parting of the ways. Real ways. But again, I, I always tell myself, surround yourself with good people. In my opinion, Kim, Kim Mulkey's not a good person at all. At all, because if you can elicit no compassion, I don't care if you didn't like the story. There was a road to take. Your snarky comment was not required at that time, right? And I go back to think about this, Jay. She walked into her house as a parent, somebody's parent, tell them you're gonna take care of their child. And this is how you take care of their child. Even if your child had done wrong, right? Tell you what, there's a way to handle it. And the way you handle it was well, so far beneath the profession, your, your, your humanity or anything else. And anybody didn't tell you, I don't give a damn what you think. And that's been bothering me since last week. So if I ever cross paths with you, and you may, because mine is at Maryland, you may see me. You're going to hear it from me because I'm somebody's parent. It's a big responsibility when you let, and I've done it, you've done it. When you let your 17 or 18 year old child go to a completely strange place, you entrust your child with the coach that recruits them. You absolutely do. They are their de facto parent. That's right. 
And the one I told my son all through the recruiting process, it's going to be your decision. This is the first adult decision you're ever going to make in your life. And before you make it, make sure you understand that it is going to lead you on a path that will that will determine where you go in life. That's right. And I was super proud of my son because he was interviewing the coaches and the ADs as much as they were interviewing him. That's the way to do it. And and you were involved in your daughter's yep, recruitment. Absolutely was. And a, as a result, your daughter, they made wise choices that will set them up for success right. in life. It's a big deal. When you let your kid out of your home for the first time, it's a big deal. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of all of that. And I, I just think of this, Jay. The money Kim Mulkey's making now is basically off the backs of Gr Brittany no, Griner. That is She's very sitting true. in a flush house in Baton Rouge, right? And this girl's sitting in a five by nine cell, and you have no compassion for her. You can't, you can't show her Did she go on to manner. elaborate those no, comments? No, she that cut was it right there. And you won't. And you won't. That's how she said it. Just goes to show you how many wow. um, terrible people coach. Um, we, we're taught as athletes to listen to your coaches. Don't, you know, say make sure you, you uphold them as authority figures. But you've realized that some of these coaches is only in it for themselves. They're in it for the bag just, just to get in when they can. Um, and it just that's another case of there, there are bad people in every walk of life, including coaches. But, but also, we should point out, and you know them, you played for some of them, and they exist today. Mm -hmm. There are also coaches that have regular conversations with athletes that haven't been on their teams yep. in decades. Yep. And those are the ones that mm -hmm. you hope your child right. ends up with. Mm -hmm. The coach that will care for them like they are one of their own. Yeah. And that's why when you're going through the process, I don't just say this to any parent, right? No, you jumping in bed with them, right? Yeah. Because you have to know who they are. Do you, you think this will negatively impact Kim Mulkey? I would think, and I, I don't follow that world closely as you do, but I would think that because, now, we, we, we should point out, too, Brittany Griner broke the laws of another yes. country. And when you do that, you become subjected to their punishments. Mm -hmm. All of that being said, you don't need to be from Russia or the United States or any other country to understand that this is wildly unfair. This is unusually harsh, but it is the system and it is their rules. All of that being said, if you can't find a place in your heart for compassion for what she's going through and the overwhelming majority of the public opinion, correct me guys if I'm wrong, is in Brittany Griner's corner correct. on this instance. Correct. I would think that her stance, Mulkey's stance on this will absolutely negatively impact her ability to go into a 17-year-old's living room and to convince them and her, her parents to come play basketball for me. Hey, let me, to any parent out there, let me be clear. Whatever Kim Mulkey's selling on LSU, they're selling in Ohio State, they're selling in Maryland, they're selling in Michigan. It is, again, it, it, it is solely the people you surround yourself with. Everybody wearing the same suit don't mean you're a good dresser. Doesn't, right? <laughs> you, have, you have to get down to the... Bare facts here. And I'm always siding with anybody over Russia. Just to throw that out yeah. there. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not I'm even, sorry. And we're not even arguing anybody. What happened here? Basic human compassion. Yeah. Cost you nothing. That's right. She could have easily come forward and said, I hope she I hope she finds a quick resolution to this. So Steve, our, our mega producer here, just handed me this out of Google. 
This was after the statement. This is one of uh, Kim Mulkey's former players at, at Baylor. Former Baylor center Queen Egbo tweeted. This was her tweet. A player that built Baylor two national titles and a 40 and 0 record yet her former coach refused to say anything or just simply show any kind of support. Just keep that in mind when you're choosing schools. Yeah, I would think this is going to have a negative impact on typically women's basketball coaches names are in the headlines for one reason winning a national championship. Yep. If your name is in the headline for any other reason and you're a women's basketball coach, yeah. it mm. typically isn't great. Right. And this is going to stay in the news cycle. And here's the thing. Google lives forever. <laughs> and the first thing a kid in Chicago is going to do when they find out that Coach Malarkey called, oh, I'm so excited. Let's find out who this Coach Malarkey is. Google Kim Malarkey. The first thing and many of the things that are going to pop up, Coach refuses to have former right. players back. And it's going to be hundreds of them. There will be kids that might have considered going to play for her that probably likely now won't. Jason, did you want to do a final take? Uh, I had got a couple one. minutes. Do I saw Mikey rapping? We, you want to rap? You want? We to have go? a couple minutes. We got another minute or two. I was just saying. And we we, we forfeited our time. Yeah, we. All we, right, we I'll, punt it. I'll punt. I'll cut it down. I'll be real quick. I, last night I watched the uh, Netflix documentary on Tim Donaghy and the officiating scandal. Oof. And I wasn't really sure what to think going in. Honestly, I didn't follow it that closely. I know I covered the NBA for ten years, but he predated when I really got into it. So I really didn't have much of the backstory. I found a lot of it fascinating, but I got to tell you, and there's a lot of blame to go around. There's a lot of dirty people. You can watch it for yourself. But the one thing that stood out to me most was the way that Donaghy knew of the personal beefs that the officials had against the coaches. Brad, have you seen this? Oh, yeah. You're going to want to watch it if you haven't. And it just, I, I, maybe it's a little naivety in me. I, I thought that they could be bigger than that, and mm -hmm. he nailed it. Like, his... Donaghy's percentage on the on the games he was officiating that he was betting on was over 80%, 85%. Now, he's, he swears to this day that he didn't throw any games. I don't know how you can do that if you know you've got money on it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't his money. You just have to go and watch it for yourself. But the biggest takeaway I had was knowing how this official didn't like Pat Riley, and sure enough, Riley's team lost. Mm -hmm. This official didn't like this coach, and sure enough, that guy's team lost. And this is a black stain, obviously, on the NBA. They want no part of this. They, they, they sent in a couple of comments to Netflix, but they don't want to go back down this road, and for obvious reasons. And it really started churning my wheels on who else? Who else? And the NBA was steadfast in saying Tim Donaghy was rogue. He's the only one. He was acting alone. But I got to tell you, I shut the TV off last night and went to bed thinking, who else? Who mm. else? Yep. It's fascinating. I, mm. I, I encourage you to check. Definitely it out. Definitely worth the watch. I was at ESPN when that went on, and I covered all of it very closely. And I remember someone very, very, I should say, a former high up the food chain league official made a comment to me that I'll never forget. He told me, Jay, wherever there is money, wherever there is money, there is corruption. Absolutely. And there are zero exceptions. And he's not the only actor. Sure. Yeah. And I tried to pin him down. Do you mean there's others in the NBA or does it happen at the NFL? Does it happen at Major League Baseball? And he just, with all the confidence in the world, looked me square in the face and said, he is not the only yeah. actor. There's a lot of money. Yep. And, that, and I remember when this was going on, there were questions about the NBA's long-term survival because of it. Because the oh, one thing sure. we have to be certain of when we're watching professional sports is that the outcome is not predetermined. Otherwise, we're not watching wrestling Otherwise, you're here. the WWE. That's otherwise, exactly you're right. the wrestling. Okay. 
All right, we're done. Um, big show tomorrow because when we're halfway through it, the Guardians will be playing. So we'll have one eye on the game and one eye on the program. We'll be giving updates um, throughout the afternoon. But we're going to take a 22-hour break. We're back tomorrow. Anything else that you want to plug for tomorrow's show? The Quell headlines and Guardians post game afterwards. Okay, great. Yeah, headlines are going to be fun. This yes, I, I'm not going to say these who, are, these but are some I, good headlines. I did see one of the headlines. headlines, which was absolute fire. Um, and it's going to be neat to see how the other ones were pre-written headlines for Sunday's game. All right, enjoy the next 22 hours. We'll see you again at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Have a great day.